Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I am joined by Sarah Trumbull. Sarah, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me, Amy. And how did I get to hear about Sarah? Well, this is an interesting story because I was speaking to Jess Leader, just about to record her podcast, and she said she'd just spoken to her boss and said, I'm just about to do a podcast. And Sarah said, oh, that sounds exciting. Who with? And she said, focus on why. And this was before it was sort of even out into the space. It was a long time ago before the podcast was live. And and Sarah said to Jess, hang on a minute. I've heard of that. My friends just recorded an episode as well. So how small is this world? Because you knew Matt Horder, who was one of the first people that I interviewed. So that it's just so weird how we're all connected. I know, six degrees of separation. It's amazing. So uh, yeah, yeah. So two people on your podcast, I I know. <laughs> it, yeah, that is incredible. And and I think that's the the way with a lot of this is that the world is so much smaller than we realise. And, and Zoom has made it even more possible to, to connect with I know, everyone. I know, completely. So explain to us what you do, Sarah. So I run, I set up my own um, event and experiential agency uh, back in 2015. I've worked in the world of marketing for 20 something years. So, and I've always specialised in the world of brand experience. And for those that aren't really that familiar with that, that term, it's all about that face to face engagement with a brand has with a consumer. So yeah, I've I've been doing it a long time. And explain what the experiential side is. So it's all about immersing people into a brand. It's about uh, giving people stimulation around their senses. So you you learn about a product or you engage with a brand through stimulating different senses and how people can engage engage with that brand, that product, that service. Um, so it's a really good and very powerful way. Uh, of getting people to really understand brand benefits, being able to engage, challenge perceptions. You know, I've worked with brands in the past that have had, I've worked with energy brands that have got really bad customer service reports and um, people don't like them for a variety of reasons. And then they've been able to use experiential to be, you know, be at the coalface and really kind of talk to their customers face to face and tackle the challenges that they, the perceived challenges that have been there and, and how they can address them. So it's a really powerful marketing tool to, to engage people. And how fundamental is a brand for a company now? Oh, how fundamental. It's, I mean, any company has to have a very clear brand message. What sets them apart from anybody else? You know, we live in um, a day and age where we are, overwhelmed by brand messages all the time and it's a very competitive environment so brands are always competing for each other so being very clear about what your product is what your product benefits are and being able to convey that in a very easy way that taps into different consumers for a variety of different reasons 
um, is really important. You know, who is your target audience? Who who are you? You know, it's if you look at you know a brand like JD Sports, and I'm, I'm kind of focusing on that because you know with the shops reopening on Monday um, since the lockdown, you know there are huge queues at all the JD Sports and all the Primarks. You know, they've got a very clear demographic of who they speak to and you could see that in the queues of people that were outside the stores desperate to go in and and buy their trainers or, or buy their clothes so and it's interesting because we are very consumer-led at the moment in a society we're very brand driven yeah. why do you think we we sort of get those connections with with the brands um I think people have a tendency to want to belong to something and Brands and how they market those brands can give people that kind of identity in some ways. So, you know, like I was saying, trainers are very kind of identity led. Who, whose tribe are you in? You know, it's a very, if you look at how uh, people are brought up and and, and uh, the youth of today, to coin an expression, I think my grandparents probably use them, then my parents. You know, we are, we are, uh, as soon as we're born, we kind of learn lots of different things and, and who we, who we um, associate with, who become our circle of friends. You know, we all kind of follow into, you know, different mindsets and, and brands help kind of give us that identity in a lot of ways. And that's interesting because obviously we, we do have that huge desire and sense of belonging and how have companies really sort of manipulated that to to work with with the advertising side of things well it's it's interesting they have you know it, it used to be very um brazen and actually there has been a massive shift um and i think there'll be another shift with the outcomes of of covid19 because you know if you look at millennials and how they engage with the brand it's very different. They don't want to be told what to do. Um, they don't want to be told what to think. They make their own choices. And that encompasses all aspects of their life. So my dad was in advertising and, you know, we were very, he's, he's advertising in the heyday in the 70s and 80s, the real mad men days, was all about telling people what they should buy and why X product was the best product for them to do that job. It was, you know, it was a very kind of cutthroat industry. It was the real kind of anyone who worked in advertising, they were the kind of, uh, it was really glamorous. I mean, anyone who's seen Mad Men, that was, that was life. You know, everyone thought the creative uh, directors and people who worked in that industry were kind of gods. Um, and they were. Uh, but now there's been a massive shift in terms of how people consume products. We are a lot more... We question things a lot more. There's a lot more choice out there than there used to be. And people don't want to be talked at and told what to do. So I think that has changed how people, and quite rightly so, want to buy a product. They don't want to be told what to buy. They want to find out all of the benefits, decide whether or not it fits with their, their ethos and their, their way of thinking, and then they'll make that choice to buy X product. And for brands, it's meant that they have had to evolve in terms of how they're talking to consumers. They can't just tell a consumer, oh, no, my, pro my product's better than that product. This is the one you need to buy. They need to substantiate that with the real kind of, um, there's a lot about well-being and um, their ethos on how they, how they manufacture, where they 
buy-in from, how they how they treat their staff, you know, everything about that brand is very important to a consumer now. It's not just about whether or not the product's good, it's about whether or not the brand stands for the right things. And I think that's a massive change from where it used to be, and I can see that will keep evolving. And I think that's a really positive uh, thing to, to be happening. So how has your evolution happened for yourself in, in, your, in this area of business? In a similar sort of way, really. I think um, I've been working in, in the agency world for 23 years now, something like that. Um, and I have, have loved it. You know, I've, I've enjoyed the hard work. I've enjoyed the partying. I've enjoyed the social side. Um, and certainly when I was in my early 20s, there was, you know, it was a lot of fun to be had. But it can be quite cutthroat at times. And there is a lot of expectations. You don't, uh, it's never been a nine to five job. You have to be prepared to put in the hours. And I'm not suggesting any other industry doesn't have a similar sort of approach. This is just my experience because this is what I have done. Um, but as you get older and your priorities change and your life changes, you start to take stock of how you work and where the balance is in terms of what you're doing. Is it all about going into work, working till really late, then going out socialising with all your colleagues till even later and then doing it all again and it's you know and I'm not saying that that hasn't been fun but after a while it feels a little bit all-encompassing and then where does your life kind of fit into that and and the other elements of your life that shape who you are and what you enjoy doing where do where do they fit in um and that's kind of the the journey that I have gone on and how life has changed for me so the the actual industry is still carrying on in that way very much so, yeah, and I and I don't think it will change massively anytime soon. I'll be, I say that because I think what has happened with us having lockdown around the world and how the whole world has had to change um, through COVID. I think that will that will kind of put take stock on how on how the industry is working and and how people work because um, it's meant that we are able to work more remotely uh we it, it doesn't have to be all about working until midnight i mean people are and i'm not saying that they're not but you know it has just shifted in terms of how the industry operate now so what's shifted for you then to make the changes that you have uh family for me um i wanted to have a family and i wanted to be there for my family so i didn't see why it had to be a choice to have one or the other it, you know why can't we have both and and make it work and I felt a huge amount of guilt about wanting to do that for for a period of time and I don't think and I think that's probably true for a, and I say a lot of women more more than men because we're the ones that have tended as mothers to stay home and done that role when actually that isn't the case anymore. We very much want to have exactly the same career as we had before we had a family, but feel like we're still there and, and being the best mother we can as well. So, yeah, for me, it was about changing the dynamic in my life so that I could um, have my family and enjoy my life. And you couldn't do that within the agency? Um, I could, but 
I felt I would have been compromising both things. So, you know, to the point of the expectations in agency life is to be there all hours. I don't know why that is the case. You know, as we have proved, we can work remotely. And when you become a mum, the first thing you realise is actually you'll work harder than you ever did before because you don't want to let anybody down. And um, when you're, you know, you have this kind of feeling of feeling guilty that you're not doing hard, you're not working hard enough for your employer. And then you're feeling guilty that you're not there enough for your, your baby or your child or your children. And, um, and that really jarred me. And I didn't like that feeling. I didn't feel, you know, why, why am I spending my life feeling guilty? That's not the emotion I want to have. I want to feel proud of the work I do at work and I want to feel rewarded and proud of the of my family and the, and being a mum and and that just felt like a compromise that I wasn't willing to take and I don't think anyone should feel like they they should take. So what was your solution? My solution was to to change it and to to do it my way um, so I decided to set up circus and I thought I'll give this a go if it if it all else you know if it fails then I'll I'll go back to to going and working somewhere else but I'm going to give this all that I have I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to give up on it I want to really make this work and and set up a new agency dynamic that works for me but as I was learning through through the years of the number of people I've worked with was was also something that really resonated with them too. So for me, it was about not having a traditional agency dynamic. It was about setting up something that enabled the people who work with me to still do the things that they loved and focus on the things that they loved, but we could all come together and collaborate to deliver the best work for our clients um, when we needed to. And um, it's been a breath of fresh air. It's been so lovely to work that way. Clients see a huge benefit in it. And the people I work with do. You know, it means that they can they can still feel, uh, follow their passion and they still work and they still enjoy the work they do. And actually, I think that they, I think people get a lot more out of working this way because they, they're making their own choices. And I think that is so important. Um, that people don't feel like you're telling them what to do. They're, they're doing it because they enjoy it and they want to do it. So the whole ethos of circus is built around trust and choice. Absolutely. Trust is so important. I felt that in agency life, I, you know, one of the things that I used to find quite ironic was that as a, an account handler, as a suit, you're responsible for your clients' budgets and they could be, they could run into the millions um, and you were, you were held accountable for managing that, that brand's money and what happened to it and, and responsible for it within the agency. Yet if you said, I'm actually going to work from home tomorrow because I need to get my head down or I've got the boiler being fixed or, you know, any of those mundane things, there used to be a real question as to why. Why do you need to do that? Why can't you do that? You can't, you can't, can't you arrange that in your own time? And um, or if you said, oh, I'm meeting someone for lunch today, I might be back a little bit later. 
well, hang on a minute, you only get an hour for lunch, but yet you're expected to be there at two o'clock in the morning working on a pitch. You know, so all of those things used to really jar me. How can you not trust your staff enough to allow them a little bit of freedom, yet you're expecting them to, you trust them to, to manage huge budgets? So for me, when I set up Circus, uh, it all had to be about trust, how I trust people who work with me and clients trusting me as well and, and me trusting a client. You know, I think it has to work both ways. And you encourage people to take holidays when they want to and have breaks? Yeah, I think um, I think we work very hard in, in this country and I think people don't take enough time off. So I took away... Um, what I'm saying is I took away the holiday entitlement, meaning that we don't have a, a set number of days. You can take any time off that you want. Um, the only rule to it is don't don't let the work suffer. So, you know, if if anyone wants to take off multiple days, that's entirely up to them. And um, I think people should be given the freedom to do that. Uh, you get a lot more from someone if they're not burnt out and feeling like they're they're exhausted so um yeah it really works and it also just means that if someone has got something they really want to do you can work together to find a way to make that that passion project happen and you're the expert in brands and marketing tell me why why circus circus for me i it's it's a name that's been in my head for for many years because what i do is i create live events, live experiences. I bring energy to a brand for a consumer face-to-face. And for me, when you, when you think of the word circus, it doesn't matter how old you are, it con- conjures up um, color, imagination, um, and, and it only works if you bring all of the people together, all of the components together to work together. That's when you get the, the show. And for me, that's how we work. That's that circus. You know, my role um, is to listen to a client's needs and deliver what they've asked us to do. They they give us a challenge, and my my role is to to take that brief, understand their challenge, and come back to them with a solution that delivers against that. I can't do that on my own. It takes a team of experts, all specialising in all of their different areas whether that's production, that's creative, that's logistics. You know, a a huge number of people go into creating live events, marketing um, um, events. So for me, circus is kind of completely encapsulates that. And what if you hadn't set it up? What would you be doing right now? I would be stressed working you know if if you asked me today in this current situation I would probably be at an agency feeling quite stressed about the situation that I don't have enough control over what's going on juggling homeschooling feeling like I'm you know I'll be back I'll be straight back into that you know I'm I'm not there enough for my daughter and I'm not there enough for work. I, I'm compromising two areas of my life that are important to me and feeling quite stressed and probably quite down about it. So by breaking the sort of the traditions, you've actually sort of paved a new way of working within this industry. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's I'm I'm seeing it more and more. You know, people that I have met since setting up circus 
and I and I've met some really inspiring people who have gone off to do their own thing and specialize in their own area and it's it's given me a huge amount of energy you know it I really feed off people and I'm you know I, I meet people now that they've decided to go and do their own thing and 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 change the direction of their life and actually this is the bit about my job that I love doing and I'm going to focus on that and develop that and actually yes I'd love to collaborate with you when you have a need for this aspect and for me that that's really exciting I love it you know it means that I'm working with a lot of very talented people that have been doing it for a long time and we're working together on things that we we all have a passion for and what have you seen as being the main benefits having set it up for you as a family? My well-being, my my um, I, my family get a lot more of my time. My daughter gets a lot more of my time. Um, you know, I remember when I when she was very young, she took the phone out of my hand and threw it across the room. That doesn't happen anymore. You know, it's it's that side of things. I'm not saying that setting up your own business is easy. It's not, it's hard and you do put in the hours, but I make the choice of when I do that. And I, it's, not, it's not dictated to me anymore. I'm, I'm in control of my destiny and, and, you know, it's a very freeing feeling. Were you still at the agency when you were working and she threw the phone across the room? Yeah, I was, yeah. And she was, she was only young, she was very young and you know, it was my, it was my day off, you know, when you go back to work after maternity leave and you're working, you know, I was doing four days a week and I had my Friday, but client was struggling with something and, you know, wanted to talk to me about it. And the, you know, so people at work needed me and my role was as such that I was responsible for a team of people and I didn't want to let them down. And I didn't want to put anyone, I didn't want to drop anyone in it. You know, I wanted to be there to support them. I wanted to make sure I was there for them. But I, at doing that, I was compromising my day with my daughter. Um, and that felt bad. So I don't have that anymore. You know, I, I'm, I'm actually very clear with when I'm working and when I'm not with clients. And actually, you know, the thing you forget, um, and I think, when you're in an agency, there's always been this us and them with clients, you know, uh, agency, oh, it's the client. But, and clients are, can be a little bit like that with their agency, but we're all people. We're all in exactly the same situation. Our clients have families, our clients have pressures upon them. When you actually get to know them and you say, I have a daughter and on Fridays, I don't work because I'm with my daughter. They're like, okay, fine. Well, let's pick that up on Thursday. Or, you know, you suddenly find that you're working in a very different way with your, with, with your clients. And that trust element is, is far greater because you, you understand each other's lives. You know what makes them tick. You, you start to learn a little bit about, you know, actually on a Tuesday, I need to do this. So I'm not around. You know, all of that really has a difference to how you work together. So it's been far better for how I'm working and actually the relationships I've built with my clients. And having, just having those clear boundaries set. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone needs to create clear boundaries in how they work. And because certainly if, if you, you know, I think in anything that you do and if you enjoy it, you need to know that um, you've got time to focus on the things that you love and the people that you love. 
So you've got to kind of set those boundaries for yourself so that you can you can focus on all of the the elements in your life you enjoy. And you've painted an incredibly positive picture. Has it been easy all the way? No, but I have been fairly lucky as well, I think. Um, you know, when I set up Circus, I talked to a lot of people. I talked to clients I knew. I asked them whether or not it was the right thing to do. And I was quite open with them about it and why I, why I wanted to do it and how I was going to do it. And actually, from having those conversations, I got some work from old clients. So, you know, it, it set me up brilliantly, which was, which was amazing. So, um, but no, it hasn't been easy. And we are probably, in being in the events industry, going through the toughest time of my career, let alone having a small business, but my career as it, as it is, because, you know, the events industry and experiential industries on the floor at the moment, you know, no one can go out and hold an event and bring people together. So it's going to be quite a, a difficult year ahead, but, uh, you know, I'm up for the challenge. I think there are ways that people, and, and what I am delighted about is that, you know, we are humans and we, we crave human contact you know, seeing videos on, on the news and people being able to embrace their families again um, this week just goes to, to show you how important it is to stimulate the sentence, sentences, how important it is to stimulate the senses, you know, face to face rather than just through um, a conference call. It sounds incredible. And it sounds, you know, it sounds so simple. That's what's so frustrating. And I don't understand why we have this work culture that just you literally close that door in the office and suddenly you're not a human anymore. You're an employee that has no external problems. And yet even you know, bosses have children and they have boilers that break down. So it just confounds me how this entire sort of work ethic is allowed to continue. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I, I can only hope that one of the um, one of the, the 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 positives that comes out of the COVID situation is that it has proved to people worldwide that you can trust your staff to work from home. You can give people flexibility; they won't screw up. You know, there are people that are dedicated to what they do. But every now and then people need a little bit of freedom and a little bit of uh, wriggle room in how they're working. And that's OK. And it won't stop people wanting to, to be together and still being an be in an office. It just means you don't have to do it all the time. No, you're absolutely right. And I've seen it, it for many people, especially people I've interviewed, as their whole dynamic has shifted and, and people have been very productive working from home. So I do see that there's going to be some changes going forward. I hope so. I hope I hope there will be. Yeah, I do. I do too. So, Sarah, how would people get in contact with you? Um, they can find me via our circus website, which is circusbe.com. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn or uh, we have a circus Instagram account. So or my email address, which uh, I can I can share all of those details. Fantastic. Well, I'll make sure they're all in the show notes if anybody wants to get in contact with you and with circus and they can it'll be right there for them so a final message for the audience Sarah thank you this is a um 
a quote that we have on our website that summarizes completely um, circus and really my message to anyone who wants to go and do things differently. Um, no one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. Um, and that was said by P.T. Barnum, who set up a number of circuses back in the day in the States. And for me, that's it. You know, no one does make a difference by being like everyone else. Do your own thing and give it a go. You know, try. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrollinson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.